This is Being Dead Serious, and this week's episode is Strange and Haunted Forests. Hello, strangers. This is Ricky. This is Nick. And we are Being Dead Serious, the podcast that brings you stories of the strange and unusual. And sometimes our friends, too. Yes, because we have a special guest with us tonight. And this is John. I was a guest previously. You might have to <laughs> start over. <laughs> no, we're going. We're going. All right. We're still going. So uh, I was a guest once before. Like I said, you guys might have to go back and listen to the um, Victorian era episode, yeah. I think it was. The Strange so, and Crazy Times. The Strange and Crazy Times, keeping it weird and lazy. <laughs> if I sound a little bit different this time, it's probably because I am getting over being sick a little bit. So Nick will edit out any coughs and sniffles, I think, I hope. We'll or he see. might not. We'll see. Yeah. So we're coming at you two weeks later than usual because I myself was sick with bronchitis. It was not fun. It was not fun. I had no voice. I was very, very sick. But I did not get it from John. And he did not get it from me. That's what they say. That that is what they say. I I mailed it. I believe them. (laughs) So, again, uh, I think my voice is probably like 98% there. You sound beautiful. Thank you. It's gorgeous. Love it. Thank you. I knew I kept you around for a reason. Mm -hmm. Flattery. Nothing (laughs) but flattery. That's it. So... We didn't cover anything last week, which was supposed to be fairies, which we'll be doing next week. So make sure you come back for that one, because fairies are fucked fucked up. up. (laughs) Straight. Forget what you think you know about Tinkerbell. It's uh, it's going to be a very, very, as Ricky puts it, wild ride. It's a wild ride, y'all. I imagine there are episodes and episodes and episodes that could be done on various fey folk and their kin. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. There's, There's a many a story. Many a story. But what did we learn about the week prior? I don't remember. I be- oh, it was the Satanic Panic. It was the Satanic Panic. It's been such a panic. long time. And it again, feels like forever but, ago. Yeah. So when you guys did the Satanic Panic, I haven't listened to this one yet. I'm a little bit behind. Ugh, but for shame. did you guys go over, like, the whole Dungeons and Dragons is from the devil thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Because I, I definitely am old enough to have experienced a little bit of that and to have kept... My D&D game's a secret from my parents. Absolutely. Oh, yes. yes. Nice. So, yeah, that was one of the aspects we covered. We covered um, uh, child care scares of them basically Confusing. Yeah. grooming kids to be in satanic cults, the D&D part of it, and the music part of it. So we kind of hit it from three sides. But definitely give it a listen. Yeah, because it's interesting. Well, that might actually transition very well to... Um, one of our stories tonight, because there's a little bit of a satanic worshiping cult. Oh, no way. One of the things we're going to cover tonight. Well, shit. Can't wait. So, Nicholas. Yes. Do you have a strange day in history for us? I do. And it involves Nessie. Nessie? Nessie. Oh, Nessie. In 1960 on this day, Scottish Parliament met in order to to protect the alleged existence of the Loch Ness Monster. It was reported that a group of young English were planning on dropping homemade bombs into the water to send the Loch Ness creature to the surface. <laughs> so they were fishing for Nessie with dynamite, basically. Nice. Um, this would have resulted in the capture for further study. Uh, the chief constable of the county, Inverness, took support of the scientific study of the creature. However, he did not support the bombing process if it did exist. So he's like, 
I believe this creature might exist, but I don't think we should bomb it to bring it to the surface. So on this day in 1960, Parliament had to protect Nessie. That's crazy. Speaking of bombings and uh, some dynamite, have you guys heard about the story with the whale that beached itself like i think it was like the 60s or 70s they didn't know what to do with it so they stuffed it with dynamite and it exploded everywhere and it ruined houses and cars and yep. and it's like smelled and oh, yeah. oh my god it's one of the i think we watched funniest. something about that in science class at one point it was yeah. it's hilarious and there's like an actual news broadcasting mm-hmm. of it so you can watch it look it up it is hilarious <laughs> It'd be raining the whale was body dead. parts. They didn't, they didn't kill a live whale. No, no. They I, couldn't get rid of the carcass, and it was starting to stink up the town, so they decided they were going to disintegrate it. Right. However. Yeah, th- this thing smells like absolute, you know, hell and rotting fish. Let's blow it up. <laughs> it because when you blow something up, it disappears, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. The pieces don't just go everywhere. No, no it just they, vanishes. They cooked it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> while it blew up. Yeah, it damaged a lot of cars. I can imagine it did. The shockwave alone probably would have broken all the glass around. God. Great story. We did some dumb crap back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, and that wasn't all that long ago, really. No, no. I think it was the 80s. Can you imagine, like, if volcanoes, instead of pewing, spewing lava, spewed, like, just dead whale matter? Oh, that, that's kind of what that must have been like, right? <laughs> just more sure. of a just horizontal just explosion as opposed rotting to rotting blubber falling out of the sky. I'll note that, yeah. Next time I, I'm a god, I'll make sure to make that happen. You're welcome, everybody. Technology can do it without being a god, apparently. <laughs> that is true. So, we are talking about strange and haunted forests today. Yes, we are. Which is going to be easily more than one parter. Yeah, this is going to be kind of a short story format. Yeah. And we're going to go around the horn. Each one of us is going to tell a, a different quote-unquote haunted forest, and we'll go from there. Yeah. We may get all the ones we have planned for tonight in. We might not. Depends on how long we go. So sit back, relax, and let Ricky take over with her first story, which is... The Island of Dolls. Ah, yes. This is very, very interesting. So you guys, just to let you know, I am not the best at Spanish, so I'm very sorry, but my husband is. So if I point to him, which you won't see, but he hopefully can jump in lean and try over to, and read her screen from yeah here. because i'm just not and i just don't want to butcher it but so this island obviously is not so much a, a like woods or forest per se but it is a, a place it that has, has a wooded area yes and it's it's a lot it's it's thick with wooded area and it is a twisted story so i thought why not it, it belongs here right yeah absolutely <clears throat> in so, our wheelhouse yes so this takes place in la isla De la Munyakas. <laughs> Munyakas. Yes. That, and it can be found on Xochimilco. Xochimilco. Thank you. Um, which is just south of Mexico City. Correct. So the only way that you can actually get to this, it, it is a touristy place. You actually have to travel many hours on this little tiny boat. Um, and... It's swarmed with mosquitoes and everything else to get to this really famous island. <clears throat> so it actually all begins in 1950 when a gentleman named Don Julian Santana Barra, what a name, he left his wife and he decided that he was going to be a hermit and that he was going to be a recluse 
and he wanted to hide away on an island. Wasn't there a reason for that, though, why he left? You know, it's funny because I didn't see a lot of information on that, actually. Do you know why he I left? I thought I heard something was like he had a child die or something but maybe i no i think speculation i think i'm convoluting it with something else you're mixing it with the story okay yeah so it was said that he just wanted to be alone so he went off into this islands and again the reports don't really say what the reason is of why he did it but the legend has it that he wasn't fully there if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. he was kind of known as the, the the crazy guy I mean, if you hide yourself away on this island, I can completely understand that. But it goes back about 50 years ago where Julian, he apparently saw a little girl and her sister swimming along the the bank of the river. And the current became so strong that carried one of them away. Now, apparently, he tried to dive in to save her. But he couldn't reach her in time, and the little girl drowned before he could get to her. And legend has it that as soon as she had drowned, a a doll had come floating down or appeared in the canal shortly after. And so he took the doll, hung it from a tree in order to appease the spirit of the deceased girl. Right. That's where I got the girl from, I think. Yeah. So... The story goes that this this really messed him up. So if he wasn't already all all there, which he clearly wasn't, right? He this really really took control of him. This like it, it made him just super sad, and he realized that once he hung this doll in the tree, that the offering really did nothing, and the spirit of the little girl was pretty much following him and torturing him and and living like he the rest of her life yes and he was living in sorrow from it and so in the morning uh the next morning apparently he began to see ghosts and one day woke up and he realized that all of his crops had died and he believed it was because he wasn't appeasing the, the the spirit of the little girl and so he tried many things to improve the crops but because he couldn't appease the spirit the spirit damaged it and so he became more and more scared of what was going on around him right so he decided to build an altar in his one-room cabin on the island where he lived in hoping in hopes to appease the spirit um but the spirit came and it kept coming every single day and it kept torturing him and so what he decided to do was that he was going to collect dolls to protect himself from the spirit. Have you heard about any of this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've definitely heard of this. I don't know a lot about it, but um, it might also be important to kind of bring up that this is clearly not from the U.S., you know, this is from a culture right. that, although they're they're neighbors of ours, they're, they're a different culture. And what a lot of our listeners may not be totally aware of is that unlike the United States culture, there's a lot of other cultures around the world that just accept that the spirit world is a thing. Yep. And that things like, you know, witches and, and UFOs and ghosts and, and things like that just are a part of life. And they don't dismiss them quite as easily as we do. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So it's, so as you're saying, this makes sense to pretty much anybody around him saying, oh, yeah, this this is definitely happening. Right. Especially if his crops were dying. Um, he was seeing it. You know, all these things were happening and, and they believed it as well. Now, there are many different versions of this legend um, as to his reasonings for why he wanted to keep collecting these dolls. But a lot of people say it was a sign of respect for the dead girl. Others said it was to protect himself and appease her spirit. And others claimed that it actually um, was to protect the girl's spirit from other demons that were lurking in the waters. Gotcha. So there's many different reasons why the townspeople started talking about why he was collecting all these dolls. And then one of the things is that the the gentleman, or uh, Julian, now considered himself like the protector of the island or like the island's caretaker. Mm -hmm. And so he believed that one doll was just not, not, enough. Uh, not enough for this. So this is where like he started to become obsessed with this. And so for the next 50 years, he would scrounge dolls from trash, like on land and then from the canals. And then he would hang them from the island's many trees. Now, at some point, he started to collect even more dolls to the point where people would trade dolls in order to get fresh produce from him from the island. Cool. So some he'd hang whole, and sometimes he would hang the dolls that were, like, broken apart or in dis like kind of in, like, disrepair. Yeah. So, like, they were headless or torso-less, or they would were taken apart in many ways. There are some, if you go onto the island and watch videos, there are some of just like arms hanging or legs hanging or just floating heads. Like a small tree with arms and legs <clears throat> yes. sticking out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like kind of all over the place. So he continued to hang these compulsively for the rest of his life. And eventually, the entire island was populated with these abandoned and broken dolls. Like, the whole island right. is. Right. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the pictures. Yeah. So, not only is there a lot of dolls, there's a lot of effing spiders. So, I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even scared of the doll. Not scared of the spirit. But I want no part of those spiders. Because <laughs> those well, spiders are nasty spiders. Oh, yeah. They're there. huge. We, we, like, just mentioned a, you know, a minute or so ago about the, the difference in cultures. And I think we normally think of dolls as being something that's kind of inherently creepy. Right. I wonder how common that is, you mm -hmm. know, among other people. Because, I mean, we obviously have things like Annabelle and Chucky and... Right. But that can't be just us, though, right? Like, dolls have to be creepy everywhere. I'm, sh I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think that's just an American thing. I just think it's a different kind of doll in each country, maybe a little bit, you know, to the point, like, I don't think Matryoshka dolls in Russia are very scary. But they could be. You can make them scary. The doll and doll. doll yeah. Doll. Yeah. So, but yeah, we, who knows? We don't know. But well, obviously they represent. You know, they're meant to look like humans. So right, there's that. innocence. But there's also something that's it's it's more primal. That's I think scary about something like that. That's it's meant to look alive, but you know it's not. Do you mean like on an uncanny valley? Right. Kind of era. Yeah, yeah. Or not era, but you know what I mean. Like a like a level of of. I know it's not real, but it's just real enough to be creepy. And oh, I'm absolutely. waiting for it to start moving when I'm not looking. You know, stuff like that. Oh, it's, I think it's up, yes. it's in our brain. It's hardwired. Oh yeah, and like or it's eyes following me or it's head moving. Or... My grandma had a 
uh, a clown doll, kind of like cool. the one that was in Poltergeist. Oh no! But it was it was <laughs> weird because it, its body was literally just pieces of wood. Uh huh. But it had like you know it was a clown. It had arms and legs, but it sat on a shelf and its legs hung over the bed where I would stay there at night. And I would take the legs and fold them up over the top Ugh, of the shelf. That's so gross. Just so I didn't have to see the clown's feet dangling over me. Yeah, I don't blame you. Thing never moved, but I always thought it was going to. Oh. Especially because it was around that time when the poltergeist had come out. I'd watch that. Of course. And that damn doll started strangling that kid. I'm like, nope. Because back then we watched movies that we probably shouldn't have no, when definitely we were five not. or six. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and kids totally don't do that today. No, not at all. But I mean, that's, <laughs> that's talking about a doll that is whole. And now we're talking about like heads. Right? Yeah, and, we're talking about limbs. dismembered dolls, and they're not clean either. So they're no. like missing eyes, and they're dirty, and they have mold, and who knows what else. And they're full of spiders, which is yes, kind of funny because of you spiders. had the, the Toy Story doll, the one, the yes. baby doll with the fluttering yep. eyes, ended up being the super nice and yep. friendly. But with don't the judge a book by legs. its cover. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. gross. Erector set spider legs. Mm-hmm. So. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's going back to it. So because he was hanging so many dolls and he was just like becoming very compulsive about it, a lot of his own family began to question his mental state. I mean, who wouldn't, right? So now rumors are starting to spread and some even believe that he never actually found a, dr- a drowned girl. Like the story never actually happened. It was all in his head or he was just making it up or the fact that he thought it actually happened, but it didn't. I mean, there's a lot of different rumors and speculation of whether or not this actually happened. <clears throat> a lot of, I tried to do research to see who this little girl was, and there was nothing no to records. be found. Yep. And I think that's why a lot of the townspeople were like, this didn't really happen. So what is, what's going on with this guy? So either way, it was 100% true or he made it up, but we don't really know. And... The, the the issue is that he did end up devoting his whole entire life to try to appease the spirit. Or spirits, whichever yeah. the case may have been. Yeah. So according to some, when you go to the island, especially at night, you can hear footsteps. You can hear crying of a little girl and wails near his home. And despite that he was a recluse, that he wanted to be by himself, the the woods was almost like it was alive. Right. Like, people wondered, like, did he actually live by himself? Because they were able to hear these things coming from the island and where There's, he was. I, well, Josh Gates stayed there for a night. Yes, he did. Was it Discovery, Expedition Discovery, or no, one, one I, of his shows? I think, yeah. Well, the one you like, anyway. <laughs> the one I like, yeah. And that was fun, because he generally tends to view things, a l- I, I'd say, a little more skepticism than some, but he yeah. still definitely is part of the... Oh, it's haunted. The like, entertainment, yeah, yeah. he's part of the entertainment field, but yeah, he's... It was much more interesting than watching some other shows go and visit the Island of the Dolls. So one of the things that people have claimed that he said was that the dolls would follow him. Yeah, that's not at all scary. I just saw the look on your face. Like, not at all scary. But they were, he said, is as if the dolls moved by an unseen force. And a lot of the townspeople speculated that he himself was possessed by the spirit of this girl. Because he was starting to kind of go off a little bit. So he also claimed that the dolls would, like their eyes, would move back and forth and watch him. So I guess that's something to bring up, right? Is that some dolls were made 
with eyes that are supposed to move. Mm-hmm. Some were made with the ability to make crying noises and things that are perfectly normal parts of the way that they were built. But if you're expecting, you know, spirits to be involved, are you going to interpret the moving eyes and the crying doll to be more than just part of, you know, the, the manufacturer's intent? Right. So it's almost like a confirmation bias. It's right. If you're thinking it's haunted, no matter what evidence you're giving, it's going to be it's haunted. Well, one of the other things that this guy claimed is that the dolls would whisper among themselves, which yeah, is nope. not at all scary or nope. terrifying. They also say that if you go to the island today, a lot of the dolls, you know, they're they're not working, mm-hmm. but yet some of them still are able to like move produce and play and, and produce sound, <clears throat> and that's kind of messed up, especially because you know if it's raining on it, I mean it's damaged. But that's what a lot of people are are saying. So over the next half of the century, he actually collected more than a thousand dolls and some of them in the trash um, in the areas of the main city. But a lot of people actually gifted them, not wanting stuff back, but they were just like, hey, like, let us do this for you so we can kind of help you out. That sounds like a lot of dolls. <clears throat> a lot of freaking dolls. And a lot of freaking dolls. You mentioned them moving, and I'm sure probably everybody listening to this, you know, whether they've watched a movie or whatever, has kind of had that moment where they imagine waking up in the middle of the night and hearing plastic feet running across the floor. Oh, so gross. <laughs> John's trying to plant nightmares in people's heads right now. Right. <laughs> Another reason why I'm so glad I have two boys and... I'd just be smaller, just be G.I. Joe-sized boots running across the I don't think we have that. If anything, it would just be little... Hot Wheels cars racing around? Or, or Lego minifigures? Little TikTok the alligator. Mm. So what's really crazy is that in 2001, he actually died from a heart attack. That's not the weird part. The weird part is that his body was discovered exactly where the little girl had supposedly drowned in the canal. And apparently the exact same way he found the little girl. So the heat covered in water. Like, I, I don't know. I, I heard this and they speculate it was either the, the ghost finally got revenge or. Yes. So the townspeople actually believe that the spirit of the little girl came to his body and dragged him into the water. So this is a belief that the spirit of a little girl is just going to be kind of aggressive and murderous that's just it you can take it any way it could be that the little girl is also being haunted herself from like demons or evil entities because one of the theories was that he put the dolls up to protect the spirit of the little little girl girl. right demons or evil spirits because you know that could have been also how she drowned was not actually you know her fault right i mean the dude tried to save her yeah I would I would prefer, and again, this is just me wanting to see the rosy side of things, the theory where he was protecting her spirit from other spirits, and he, her spirit wasn't haunting him because she was mad that he let her die, because he tried. Yeah, exactly. That's well, kind of how I feel about it, too. But the, even before any of the encounter with the, the girls, if you, you know, kind of take into account the order of things, just someone who leaves their marriage to just be a hermit for the rest of their life is not... Your average person. No, not of no, sound of mind. There's no. something else going on with this guy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. again, there's a bunch of speculation to this. 
But that's what's crazy about this because the story of this gentleman and the island of dolls grew and grew and grew, and it's now a huge tourist destination area. Right. So they say yeah. that when you're like <clears throat> when you're there, you can actually still see them all, even from the very first one. He's got his favorite that he has in a like a, a shrine, a shrine yeah, to it. it. Yeah, and they said that um, there's. I mean, just again, dolls everywhere, and it it just reeks of like decay, and just like it gives it like that total. And the island is just him, right? <clears throat> the island is just him, right? That's what I thought. Because when he went into town, he had to take a <clears throat> boat to go do all that stuff and trade right. produce and dolls. So apparently, now his nephew helps kind of take Caretake. care of the island. So they say that if you go to it, because again, it's a tourist place that you can actually mm-hmm. go to, you can still hear the little girl crying. And you can also hear the dolls whispering to each other like he used to. And the dolls would also follow you around with their eyes. Or you would see a doll turn around and it's not there. And then it would turn up in a different spot like five minutes later. There's all kinds of like, crazy stories but they're always watching you that's like the biggest thing but the biggest thing is that natives say that if you do go to the place to visit you have to bring a doll yeah because you need to honor both julian and the little girl even if she was real or not um and you need to hang up the doll for like a tribute kind of out of respect because they say if you don't you'll bring something back with you 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 and your family will be haunted or cursed for generations. I think that's kind of one of the one of the oldest traditions in human history maybe is perform this ritual yeah, or else you're going to be cursed. Well, that's how most religions have you know thrived. Yeah, it's just a a classic human belief when you're dealing with you know anything freaky anything supernatural it's like if if you believe this is what you need to do to avoid consequences then you got to do it i mean honestly if i were to if i knew i was going somewhere and they said you need to bring something in order to i'm going to do it yeah i'm, I'm going to just do it out of respect regardless even if it's i respect for the culture it. right but it's very interesting yeah would you guys go visit yeah. the island of dolls without you yes absolutely i think i would visit it but i'm stubborn enough that i probably wouldn't bring a doll bring just to see what happens him. god damn it john <laughs> <laughs> i i'd bring one for him thank you we just bring an extra one be mm-hmm. like it's from john don't tell him yeah. i just wear a shirt that says you know this doll is not from me <laughs> can we make a shirt that says that <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's gonna know what the no hell he's talking knows. about yeah exactly but there you have it that's the island of dolls and how do you say that in espanol i don't know cool do you? <laughs> I don't remember after my <laughs> I'm not going to try to repeat it because it's just really terrible. Well, I mean, one little thing to think about is if there are multiple dolls whispering to each other, then we imagine that there are multiple entities or multiple um, spirits, intelligences, right. spirits that are wanting to communicate with each other or one that is whispering to itself just to freak you out, you know, um, so a little bit of like going down the rabbit hole, like what, what would that mean? You know, does that mean that 
the actions of this guy and, and this woman and his, or the, the girl and his, um, his giving so much attention to that, you know, did that like attract Oh, that's a good point. That, that like found... one of those, like if you ignore it, it goes away. But if you keep. Maybe. Yeah. Like, like, oh, like, alive. hey, this guy's paying attention Once to you us. Let's, yeah. let's door go with see. Ouija board. Right. I've, I've heard of things like that, of like spirits. Like if you ignore it, it will like go away but if you mm -hmm. keep saying oh my god it's scaring me or giving like giving them power if you're yeah it's yeah. like almost like you're giving it power so that's a very good point yeah and you know we i mean we mentioned that dolls are obviously intended to appear like humans and if you would like to possess a human but your best other you know option b is a doll that's how we got the chucky movies why not you know yeah. like hey if i can move this thing around a little bit if i can make it whisper if i can make it look at you and get some attention then why not? You know, what else have I got to do? All I know is that if I ever saw that, I would nope the hell out of there so damn fast. I mean, the spiders are alone, just enough yeah. for me, but... I think it'd be interesting, and again, it was something John and I were talking about earlier, like scientific equipment and all these cameras and gadgets and reading stuff, go there and just try and see what we could see. Yeah. I think it'd be fun from that aspect, but I mean, people have been trying to do that for Well, it decades. sounds like you two have a date. <laughs> yeah. Good. So again, that was the Island of Dolls. But John, you actually brought something for us today, yes? I did. I, I wanted to find something that was a little bit different, something that I'd never heard of before. So hopefully your listeners also haven't heard of it. It's a elfin forest, which sounds like it might be a place from, you know, medieval island or Ireland or, or Hyrule, but it's actually from uh, right near San Diego, California. Oh, so it's not Lord of the Rings. That's true. It's not. Um, it's about, uh, it's over 780 acres. It's a recreational reserve, uh, near the foothills of Santa Rosa mountains in Southern California. Where uh, you're from. Pretty close. Pretty yeah. close. Yeah. Uh, though I, I didn't find out about this place until recently. Oh, okay. Uh, it has some dangerous winding roads. It is open to visitors. There are, uh, hiking trails, scenic overlooks, wind fire, all that kind of thing. And Sasquatch. Not quite. <laughs> but it does have quite a few other things. He's too scared um, to come here. There are uh, two areas of interest nearby that we'll probably get into in a little bit. Uh, Quest Haven and Harmony Grove. Man, we should role, like role play there. That's right. <laughs> Elfin Forest that has a place named Quest Haven nearby. Right? It sounds so With a guy like hanging out there with sick. a giant yellow exclamation point over his head. <laughs> right. So uh, some of the things that people have seen in this area. Um, one is a, a lady in white which you could probably write a book about all of the lady in white. Why encounters. is she always They're in everywhere. white? Well, I mean, you think about lens flare and other things tend to make a oblong shape and it's usually white in color. All right, I'll go with it. Or, I'm just pulling out of my butt. So or maybe there is some sort of like otherworldly being that just kind of appears to be a white flowing sort of ah. a thing where people interpret it as there you go a, I, like, a white, I like that a white dress I was know. thinking more of once you die they start handing out outfits and right. you only get white you get a sheet with holes cut in it yes you know <laughs> so in addition to this lady in white there's actually a black witch on a black horse oh black maybe related to a gypsy curse oh I love it alright there's a satan worshipping cult yes there's a giant owl like creature <gasps> There are ruins of an insane asylum. Jesus, man. Native American spirits. There's all kinds of stuff going on in this place. They Let's just took a go. little bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Uh, well, there's also a man in a stovepipe hat swinging a lantern, but there's not much info on him, so we'll, we'll leave him alone he just for now. Keeps, he just keeps it lit. Right. 
He keeps it oh, lit. God. <laughs> <laughs> She's so proud of herself. So the uh, the lady in white is probably the most uh, well known um, sighting here. Uh, there is one story that says that sometime in the 1800s, a family was spending their day in the forest, taking shelter from the hot sun. Um, they got separated when they were there, and some men, possibly thieves, actually murdered the husband and the child. Oh, Jesus. And the mother was lost in the forest. Oh, and God. she emerged from the forest at some point um, and was, of course, never the same. At one point, she just said to her neighbors, I'm ready. Didn't say why. Just I'm ready. Returned back into the forest and was never seen again. So Not um, at all weird. Right. So people say that um, she's kind of there in the forest now, kind of eternally searching for her family. If you are driving through the winding roads there, which are dangerous as is, and you see a woman in white cross the road in front of you, then you need to turn around and go back the way you came because death awaits on the road ahead. Oh, damn. Ooh. So there is one encounter of a teenager. We'll call him Trevor. And apparently for a time it was, um, this actually links to the Lady in White and the Satanic cult that was on the property. Um, it was apparently a very popular prank to go up to the Satanic church and ring the bell in the middle of the night and then run for it. To, to a satanic church? Right. Like, that's the last people I want to be fucking with. Yep. Oh, they're all really nice, though. We covered this. It's true. They are very nice. Nice people. Yes, I imagine so. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Trevor and his friends, apparently Trevor was the one that they uh, decided would be the one to actually go up and ring the bell. And he had done this once without any sort of ill effects. No... Nothing unusual. They just went up, rang the bell, and took off, and they were fine. Uh, this next Halloween, though, on Halloween night, they decided to do it again. Somehow, Trevor was the one that they talked into doing it again. Um, I'm sure he had a little bit of peer pressure, a little bit of liquid courage. Oh, yeah. So they, It always helps. Yeah, it, it does, definitely. Ask so John. <laughs> they entered the property, and um, you were able to drive pretty close. So, you know, driving in, probably slow, quiet, with your lights turned off. And uh, when Trevor went up to uh, ring this bell again, you know, probably had his hand around the rope, around the corner of the building nearby of the church, a woman in white came around the corner. Oh, no. And they apparently locked eyes, were staring right at each other, <sighs> and Trevor just yanked on the rope to ring the bell. Her eyes opened wide. She arched back like she was in agony and just dissolved into the darkness. Whoa, wild. And as you can imagine, Trevor took off. After he shit his pants. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Then they peeled out. Um, so Trevor actually returned to Elfin Forest many times after that, hoping for another sighting. He another wanted encounter. this sighting? <laughs> yeah. He's that's, nuts. That's surprising. Most people would be like, I'm No, done. thank you. He I'm might, done. It right. might have like made him so crazy about it he wanted confirmation that it actually happened, happened. so he was trying to be like I'm or maybe not crazy. with like I'm not locking crazy. eyes they like had a connection of some sort well i can imagine that he probably had a couple of friends waiting for him in the car and if he went back and told them about it and they gave him shit about it he may have wanted to like prove confirm that you know yeah. what i am not crazy you i know. don't care i'd be right. like you can call me crazy all you want yeah. Screw that noise. Well, and, and again, it's not even necessarily to confirm it to his friends that he's not crazy. It's probably more just to confirm it to himself. Right. 
So, but apparently his future visits did not result in any, any other sightings of this woman. Um, although there is a, a video that Ooh. shows a, a pale human-like figure behind the gate of the previously mentioned Quest Haven. So no um, way. I have a photo of this that I can yes! give you guys to put up on the yes! site. Yes. It's um, like many of these things. It's it's there's not a lot of detail to it. So you, you know, saw it's, the it's video. It's a little blurry. Yes. Okay. And I, yep. And it's um, does it the, the, the camera move a whole bunch? A bit. Yes, yeah. it does. But it's oh, definitely man. definitely appears to be human size and roughly human shape. And it's not holding perfectly still. Wild. So. Who knows what it is? If it could be if it is watching a wedding dress. Oh. Or if this aforementioned, you know, otherworldly being that is all over the world that people mistake for a woman in white. Who knows? Um Damn, that's crazy. That's cool. Definitely. That is cool. Um that's about all I have about this lady in white. Well, so far, at least. Well, we until jump. we go visit her, right? Exactly. Although we might not be able to, and I'll tell you why in a bit. Oh. So, God um, damn it, John and his cliffhangers. <laughs> Rude. There's so many things to talk about. So um, if you like cryptids, we can move on to the giant owl. Apparently yes. there is a 10-foot tall owl-like <laughs> creature in I would love well. every second of that. It's, if Ricky was going to be a lycanthrope, she'd want to be an owl. I would want to be an owl. This, yes, monstrous spectral raptor soars over the area, and there's even a tale of it tearing at car roofs and so you know you can't hear it coming because it's a fucking owl it's a fucking owl <laughs> these are not this is not a nice owl it will rip the roof off of your car apparently. yeah this is this is my spirit animal right here so there's not a whole lot of info about that one but definitely i think if i had to pick one i might want to see that one wait so so this is like a whole legend about this like do they have people who've come forth to say that this happened I wish. Like, there's there's a little bit of detail, but there's no real first-hand encounters that okay. I can find. Okay. It's just one of those things that kind it of passed down. Yep. Right. It does sound like more than one person has seen it, but who knows with these things. Interesting. Um, so we have the Lady in White, the, um, the Black Witch on a Black Horse. This is linked to a supposed gypsy curse, apparently in the olden days. There was a, a group of gypsies that lived in the area. And the townsfolk around were not very kind to them, as you can imagine, yep. um, with their their different beliefs and their folk being very intolerant. Uh, eventually got to the point where they tried to drive the gypsies out. And as they drove them out very violently, they even actually killed a few of them. So as the gypsies left, they apparently cursed the forest. Like they do. Like, well, in, in legend, perhaps. Let's mm -hmm. not be, yeah, try not to be unkind to the gypsy folk. Um, but apparently, uh, the legend says that one of them remained behind and one of the gypsies remained yes. behind. Okay. And this is the, the woman in black that rides a black horse that can be seen sometimes. I mean, in if you're going to do it, do it in style. Right. So there is this green, um, this green swing in the forest. And they say that if you show up to the green swing after 9 PM at night, there's a good chance that you will see the black witch on the black horse. So but, is this like daylight savings? But don't let her see you. Oh, don't let her see you. She's not nice. Oh, that is creepy. I don't like that one. <laughs> that one creeps me out. And again, I have a picture of this green swing. Oh, you do? I do. 
Even better. Do you have the, the black wedge? No, Sadly, because no. I wish everybody took a picture or got seen, and then now they're dead. Well, the camera still exists. <laughs> you drop it. I mean, you might be dead, but the camera's Somebody not. will find it. Right, Found footage, right? That's right. So to jump back to a few of the things that we talked about in the beginning, this uh, ruins of an old insane asylum apparently is a very popular thing here. And apparently that's, you know, it's a popular thing in general to think that all of those would be the source of a haunting. Um, but it seems that there's no record of a mental hospital or an insane uh, asylum so or anything on, on the location. Yeah. It's, so it's one of those things that's weird. I mean, when you think about it, like what, what, what ingredients do we need to make a haunting? Like, anything. I mean, anything that's like dark and spooky. Well, and, no, but I mean, like, what makes a place haunted? What are the things you need to have a haunting? I mean, a lot of it is abandoned. death, yeah, suffering. Um, yeah, like you said, abandonment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it would literally make almost every house in the United States haunted. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because we were talking about this too. It's like. You know, I have a lot of friends that are from overseas, and they're like, why is it that Americans are always like, oh, is it haunted? You're like, why does all American people think that just because we live somewhere old, it's automatically haunted? That's just how our brains work. It's just, yeah. But, like, asylums are up there as far as, like, I I don't think you can swing a a live cat without talking to somebody who's like, oh, this asylum is haunted. Well, because there's so much tragic like death and tragedy. Yeah, and I mean that's a lot of it. I mean we've got one down, like forty five minutes away, an hour away in Kalamazoo. There's there's one. Oh, is there really? Um, but they're 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 all over. Well, you can uh, also imagine that the worst kind of ghost to run into is the ghost of a violently crazy person. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. is accurate. Yeah, and I mean, it, I, what was our third or fourth episode? Or early episode was about a, a haunted asylum. Yeah. And I think there's kind of this, it's almost been romanticized to a point where, like, if it says asylum, it's going to be haunted, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I automatically think that. Right. Automatically. Yeah. So I get it, yeah. Yeah, so there's definitely videos that I've seen of people exploring this place, but so far all I've seen are videos of people who seem to be kind of convinced already that they're going to experience something. Ah, there it is. So they're talking themselves into it, and that's probably where things like the... Um, insane asylum explanation came from is people that were just making things up to explain the fact that they've heard creepy things about this place. And, and they saw half a brick wall. Right. There are definitely some, weeds. Yeah. Right. There are some ruins in the place. For right. Sure. Things like that. It, um, it's not a farmer's barn. It's an insane asylum. Yeah. And then if we're going to touch on classic sort of sources of hauntings, obviously the whole um, Stephen King classic Indian burial grounds Uh, is one as well. And there are pictographs and petroglyphs from Native Americans in this place. Neat. The, you know, from a culture that goes back hundreds, maybe thousands of years. So there's definitely some uh, probably spiritual significance from a long time ago here. But um, to kind of jump into that a little bit, we mentioned the very beginning, the Harmony Grove and the Quest Haven. So these are two neighboring locations. They're pretty much within, within the Elfin Forest. And sightings have happened both in the forest and in these locations. And the weirdest thing about these two locations, I'll get into their histories separately, and you guys will see the, the connection. So, um, let's see. Let's do Quest Haven first. Uh, there is a gate that just says Quest Haven right on it. And when you guys see the photos of this supposed woman in white, she's directly behind this gate. Ooh. She's Quest welcoming. Haven, she is, no doubt. <laughs> 
Uh, Quest Haven is a retreat founded in 1940 by clairvoyant Reverend Flower Newhouse. That's it's, a fucking amazing name. <laughs> it is. And it wasn't her given name, though. Oh, know. boo. But, no, it's even better than that. It was uh, a name given to her by angels and spirits. Oh, there it is. So, Just like Alice Cooper. What time was it been about in the late 1800s? Uh, 1940. Oh, wow. A little bit later. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's over 650 acres of just kind of nature area. So this probably definitely includes part of the forest. Uh, it's a training center for students of Christian mysticism. So this woman apparently was uh, clairvoyant from the age of six. She was able to see and communicate with angels and nature spirits and otherworldly beings. And the Christians were okay with this? Directly in, in contact with them, receiving teachings from them, things like this. Jeez. It sounds like she kind of did her own thing, um, which is why she most likely founded her own ah, little, there it is. little training yep. center. And I do remember a few things on um, this Quest Haven website saying things like she mentioned things like uh, like dogma and hypocrisy being a big deal in, in kind of mos- modern Christianity. And uh, I, I sort of grew up in a Christian household. And if, uh, you know, it was kind of this flavor of Christianity, you know, like there's, there's uh, you know, fairies and angels that you can talk to out there. Yeah. And, and most other Christians are kind of full of crap. I might have been more interested for a little bit longer. But apparently this woman learned enough wisdom that she was able to, uh, she kept it to herself for a long time. Uh-huh. And in school, she was encouraged to, share in writing assignments with her teachers and so that was her avenue like i'm going to share this in ways that i can't normally share it with Mm. average folk who's going to think i'm weird um and her teachers were so impressed that they actually brought her into their home as a a speaker and a teacher and she started her career kind of preaching and teaching jeez from a very young age so it just kind of fell in her lap like that yeah and so she started this uh quest haven location to preach and to teach people and to continue to contact angels and and spirits and beings she wrote um i found 18 books that she wrote jesus oh pete's lady anybody got time for that who's got time for that (laughs) right who's got time for that with uh titles from things like natives of eternity and the kingdom of the shining ones where she talks about her experiences with these beings and if you look at the um, the cover of one called Rediscovering the Angels, there's something that looks like a fairy or like a nature spirit. And apparently she worked with the illustrator to describe what these things look like. So, um... Jeez. Right. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. So, moving on to Harmony Grove, this was actually started in 1896 uh, to further teachings of spiritualism as a religion. Yeah, yeah. So this is a village of healers, mediums, psychics. Um, some people called it a cult. So I think this is where the rumors of the Satan worshiping cult yep. came from. Yep, I can see that. So these folks seem like generally good folk and people just misunderstood them intentionally or, or unintentionally. And that's where the rumors of the Satan worshiping cult came from. So poor old Trevor was probably waking these people up in the middle of the night by ringing their bell. <laughs> oh, God. Um, thinking that they were, you know, someone worth pranking. And yep. Maybe they well, were. When did Trevor do this? I'm not entirely sure. Because I, you, when you said Trevor and his friends went up there, I'm thinking, like, recently, with yeah. like in the past, like, I would, 30 years. I, yes, I would guess that it was probably within... I was definitely times. thinking, like, 80s or 90s. There's, yeah. So that means there's people still up there 
Oh, today, yes, there is. Both of these organizations, Harmony Grove and Quest Haven, are still going today. Oh, wow! Yes. Damn. Uh, People be nuts! <laughs> Harmony Grove is, is far smaller than the Quest Haven, um, but they've been around a lot longer. So the, the Harmony Grove folk, um, some of them do speak to the dead, or they, they claim that that is one of the things that they teach. They actually have certifications, and they have classes. You get a certification. And necromancy. Take. Look at that. Right. Uh, they say that actually the lady in white um, is no longer around because she's found peace. She's moved on. From these people. Mm-hmm. But uh, they say that they do see Native American children in old-timey dress, still wandering around, running around the place. Wouldn't they be in, like, Native American garb and not necessarily old-timey Well, dress? that's what I mean. Old-timey Native American. <laughs> okay. Not, <laughs> like, not, I thought about that, too. He's wearing like... knickers and a stovepipe hat. <laughs> not not that <laughs> type of old-timey. No. Okay. But not, like, what you would imagine someone wearing today. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, there are petroglyphs, pictographs. It's obvious that the people um, have lived there for a very long time. And so there's these two um, organizations that are both devoted to communicating with spirits or communicating with the dead, communicating with these otherworldly beings. And both of them, completely unrelated, have chosen this location. These two locations are only within a few miles, like walking distance of each other. Dang. So, like, why would these two places choose this location? Yeah. And, and there's going to there be something for to a that. long time. So, Aliens. are these things that people are seeing? Is this woman in white? not actually the spirit of a dead woman is she something else you know some other being some other who knows what um <laughs> and and from this harmony grove this harmony grove spiritualist association uh this quote from their website says we believe that communication with the so-called dead is a fact i'm raising my hand about so-called dead you're either dead or you're not <laughs> like you might have a spirit you might have something that hangs on afterwards, but your body is dead. Right. Right. I think that's that's the distinction, is that if you consider yourself to be more than just your body, then perhaps your body is dead, but you still exist. Right. So hence the so-called. Right. I would imagine so. And and there's a mm. lot more history about uh, Flower Newhouse on the Quest Haven site. Very, very interesting woman. Lots of information about her and her encounters. As I said, she wrote a lot of books. There's a lot about both of these locations in themselves that are very interesting. And like I said, like, why did they both choose this spot that is, to hang out? That's in, very interesting. Did is you this, get a chance this to a look at spot? any of the books? Yeah, have you? I haven't looked deeply into them, into any of the books yet, no. Um, I don't think I saw any of them available as, like, audiobooks or anything like that. Oh, okay. So you definitely have to pick them up They're and read them. They're probably way more specific, right. yeah. I mean, audiobooks are great. They've helped me with a lot of my research, but I can't imagine something that narrowed, specific one thing is going to be available yep. on an audiobook. And there are one or two videos of her speaking. They're short, but they're, they're out there. Jeez, man. We'll have to see what we can do. Cool. So that is Elfin Forest, and I think that's just a, just a taste of it. Who knows what that's else just is going a, on Yeah, that's what's... Ugh, I don't know, man. Like, I would love to visit... But that witch has a big nope for me. I don't know if I could do it. Well, the nice thing about it is that I think it's... I was originally going to do uh, a forest in India. Uh-huh. Um, but this one hopefully is a little bit closer if some listeners actually want to go Want to go? There. Yeah. Or if listeners that live out there, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess that means it's my turn to tell the story of my spooky, strange, haunted forest. Except it's not really haunted. It's not. But maybe it is. Depends on who you talk to. 
my forest is the Aokigahara Forest in Japan, which is also sometimes called Jukai. Mm-hmm. We'll get into the other name later in Japan. <laughs> it's It lies at the base of the northwest side of Mount Fuji. So it's really close. You can see Mount Fuji yep. from the forest. Mm-hmm. Which is someplace I would love to see. You have and you suck. But <laughs> I was still well, Nick like was to go pointing visit. at me when he said that. Yeah, I would still me. like to go visit. Uh, which is about 100 miles west of Tokyo. So it's not like it's a huge trek to get there. Yeah. And I've seen Mount Fuji. I have not seen the forest up close. Oh, but you have seen... Like, you knew about it. I Well, when I was in Japan, I did not know about it. But since then, yes. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. The reason they call it Jukai, which in translates to Sea of Trees, is because the forest is really, really dense. Yes. And it's really green. There's a lot of undergrowth, a lot of moss. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, as I've seen pictures of it and videos of it, I'm trying to compare it to woods that I've seen. And it's a different kind. Yeah, so it's, it's not like it. But, I mean, the best I can compare it to be woods up north, like in the UP, they're there, very there thick. Yeah, because the UP but is very. They're, 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 those are a different kind of dense. Like there are pine forests up in the UP. You can you can't see twelve feet in front of you because it's so thick. This isn't that thick, but it's you feel much more. I don't know, covered and closed. Mm-hmm. The UP, by the way, is Upper Peninsula Sorry. in Michigan. If you're not sure, it's yeah. the other yeah. part of Michigan we own. <laughs> and from what I've seen with the the images and the videos of this area, it's not like these massive pines and oaks that you might find somewhere in North America. They're smaller trees, shorter trees. Right. But they definitely do create uh, a like canopy. A, yeah, a, uh, like a dense, definitely thick. Like feel like you're yep. you're hidden. You're right. in, you're in the shade in there. Now there's some there's conflicting stories about the noise in the forest. Some people say that it's really quiet because there's no wildlife. But they do have wildlife there. There's bear, deer, fox, boar and rabbit. As far as like mammals go, but the birds, <clears throat> there's quite a few birds listed for the birds that live there. And two of the species are woodpeckers. Ooh. Woodpeckers aren't quiet. No, they're not. By any means, whether no. they're looking for food or if they're just talking, woodpeckers are a loud bird. Three different species of tits and some thrushes. And that's just a couple of the birds that live there. But I can only imagine with the birds that live there, it wouldn't be completely quiet. But from the, a lot of testimonies, you really can't hear a lot of bird song there. That's interesting. Well, they say a lot of the times, too, when nature goes quiet or birds or anything like that, that means there's like a predator around or even like an evil spirit. So that's very interesting. Right. On the actual, um, I did go to the wiki for this, so grain of salt, but it didn't list any birds of prey as birds that reside there. So if the birds are quiet, I can't imagine why they would be. Right. Well, maybe, you know, they're, they're quiet because there's a human nearby. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we, again, we, we, go, we got we go, forests here. Yeah, that, we go that, hiking yeah. all the time. And but the, the birds, birds are, are used to us. We go to Kensington and feed birds from our hand That's because true. they're used to I humans. I am a, just a Snow White of the modern day. <laughs> and I guess this kind of ties into something that um, covers all of these stories is like just by nature, why are forests creepy to humans? Again, Haunted I think it's or otherwise. Just... There was a, a there's a set of woods behind some apartments across the street over here that we always called the painted forest because it looked like a painting, and there was we tried to walk through it as quickly as we could, and it was literally there were houses right there next to it, but it looked almost it was always quiet because pine forests tend to be a little bit quieter because yeah they absorb sound mm-hmm. that dense especially when the dead needles fall it creates yeah, it a bed creates that, that absorbs bed, yeah. the sound pine needles themselves don't go away in winter. 
so they tend to absorb more sound. So it was always very quiet, but it always looked very surreal. And I think it's, again, some set of hardwiring in our brains that kind of maybe to protect us as a species, like this is be on your guard. Well, this is a wooded like, area that you yeah, shouldn't be. Yeah, but like you're, you know, you're always have the thought of maybe being ha- like hunted. Right. Because you can't see what is around you, but they can see you. Like and the I think, witch. Oh, yeah. So like that <laughs> kind of goes back to maybe that's why you have like a feeling of unease. Yeah, I think there's an inherent fear of the dark and then a fear of being in the wilderness. And you combine those two with also the fact that most modern people are not very knowledgeable or comfortable in the wilderness. Right. And you can talk yourself into hearing who knows what. Oh, yeah. Take it from a person who lives in a cabin in the woods. He knows what he's talking (laughs) about. We've all seen the Blair Witch Project. So another interesting geographical fact is that the floor of the forest, this area, I mean, Mount Fuji's a volcano, right? So the entire floor of this forest is made up of volcanic rock, which has a high iron content, which if you set a, a compass on the forest floor, the needle will spin. Oh, neat. Which had made claims to people getting lost in the forest because they can't read the oh, compass. Oh, because they can't. However, okay. if you take the compass up to your normal height where you would hold it, yeah. it works just fine. Okay. It's only when the compass is Lowered down near that rock ground. that the compass needle will move and not show true That's more. crazy. And then obviously some folk will tie in the, the unusual magnetic fields to all sorts of paranormal explanations. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which leads to what the other name this forest is known by is the suicide forest. Yes. Um, there are actually signs at the entrance to this forest that basically say... the equivalent of think of your family. One of the signs says your life was given to you by your parents. Meditate on your parents and your children once more. Don't do not be troubled alone. I think there's even a number at the bottom of the sign for like a a suicide hotline. Yep. Because this forest between we'll give a, a, where they actually have data for it because they stopped tracking it at a certain point between 98 and 2003, there were 442 confirmed suicides in the forest. That's nuts. So they need some of those guys with, like, the T-shirts that say free hugs on them to just wait in the parking lot. Yeah. I mean, why not? It Couldn't hurt. Most of the suicides there were committed by males between the ages of 40 and 50. And the biggest month for the suicides was March, which coincides with Japan's end of the fiscal year. Oh. So you get a lot of people under the pressure of job. And Jobs. It's part of the culture. Right. The, yeah, it the is. The salary man. It's... it's they, they felt like, you know, they were failure to their family. They dishonored their family. Dishonor is very big. They felt that this was the only option they had left. So it's it's crazy to think that in five years, almost 500 people committed suicide there. But again, that number is not necessarily 100% accurate because they don't always find all the bodies. That's very true. Yeah. There's people that have gone missing that they've never found a body. And yeah. Right. Um, in fact, once a year, and I think it's... The holiday, I don't remember when they said it. At one point during the year, like a week, they send out teams to search the forest and bring back and identify any bodies they can find. Man. Um, what a depressing job and sad and just, ugh. It's a weird forest because, again, there there is a, 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 myth, a mythical aspect to it because they do believe that there are spirits there. Oh, yeah. Um, they I mean, actually I c- believe that. If I if I remember correctly, like the further that you go in, it's 
the the feeling of despair just swallows you and it like consumes you and it literally forces it to where you 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 don't think about ever leaving and that's why people so many people do commit suicide even if they didn't have the thought about going in there to commit suicide this is one of the legends that i hear it's just like the further that you go in it like consumes you i i personally think if a lot of people that go there for a reason yes um I watched an episode of Dark Tourist where he went there. Oh. And there was literally a van that was parked in the corner of the parking lot that the guy that brought the guy there was like, yeah, that van's been there for like two weeks. Oh, no. And they looked at it and they looked inside. And, of course, the tour guy was like, well, maybe he just went somewhere else. And he's, he's trying to put a positive spin mm-hmm. on it. But they went into the forest and it's it was. It was weirdly quiet. It's very, I don't know how to explain it. It's serene. It's not overwhelming but i wasn't there in person so i couldn't right. say one way or the other how it would make me feel if i was there but I, I i can't even begin to explain it it's it's a very surreal kind of place i'll have to watch it um the another weird thing about it is is it wasn't always known as a place for suicides there were two books that were written one of them was written in 1960 called the tower of waves by siecho matsumoto where a kind of Romeo and Juliet scenario happened. A couple kills themselves, and that was that. And then there was a book written in 1993 called The Complete Manual of Suicide by Wataru Tsurumi, where <laughs> he goes to describe Aoki Gahara as the perfect place to commit suicide and even points out places where you could go in the forest oh, for where they have sake. less of a chance of finding you. So it's like a manual. It literally says manual in the title of the yeah. book. But it, he goes to describe it as it's because it's quiet, it's peaceful, it's serene. It's it's, the, it's a perfect place to end your life. End your life, right? <clears throat> and it's I can't. First of all, I can't imagine going through with any of this. But again, that's it's it's part of a culture that has kind of almost I don't want to say glorified or romanticized or anything about that suicide, but it's always been an on, a very honorable thing. I mean, you look at seppuku. When uh, a samurai warrior had dishonored somebody, he would literally take his sword, put it in one side of his belly, and drag it across. Yep. Three times. Not just once. Mm-hmm. Three times. And he always had somebody there as a second to, if he couldn't finish it, to chop off their head. Because it was the honorable thing to do. Suicide has been looked on a little bit differently yeah. there than it has here. Yeah. They're both fucking tragic. I don't care where you live. It's awful. But... It, um, they have found a lot of times people will go into the woods and get lost in the trails because there's not a lot of trails in there. So some people will literally take a rope and tie it to where yes. they leave the trail mm-hmm. for two reasons. They don't, they're not hundred percent sure. Yep. Either a, to find their way back if they don't decide they want to commit suicide yep. or B, so somebody, so somebody could find, find their, their body. body. Um, there's, uh, one of the guys that they ran into was an uh, expat American owns a cafe nearby. He found a pile of bones out there with a skirt nearby. So it was like a younger girl mm-hmm. that committed suicide. I Part of me really wants to go there, but not to find a body. No, I don't. Just to experience the actual forest itself. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds weird, but I don't know. Woods are a very interesting place where they always have been. I like being in the woods. 
I don't think I would go there at night. I don't like, at my age, being in the woods at night's a little different than when I was when in my both, teens and 20s. You, when, you bold bastards. <laughs> Running yeah. around the woods and scare our friends. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit different now. I don't, I think it's because, you know, I know what the world is like now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's another thing. So I've put some fear into myself just by that, mm-hmm. by that aspect. But it's a very weird place. I can't even, I keep saying it's weird, but it's hard to, to, kind of put a pin in it as to what it is um there's actually been four movies yeah i've seen one of the movies i don't remember what it was called though uh they had literally the forest in 2016 that's what it was sea of trees in 2015 and then two almost documentary based called aoki gahara suicide forest in 2010 and aoki gahara in 2012 and then the episode of dark tourist um now they do again they do say that the forest is filled with spirits that are just kind of watching people all the time. A lot of times people will get the feeling that they are being watched or somebody is with them. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine with the amount of people that have died there, that's probably probably accurate. I mean, it, from a spiritual point. Yeah. Um, I do hear, or if I remember correctly, like when you're walking through these woods, you'll see like tents set up. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, people who have just, like, abandoned their tents. Like, there's just, like... Well, that's just it. I mean, they some they, they can't say one way or the other if somebody dies in those woods if it was a suicide or they just got lost. Right. And died. Because it's it's a forest. It's a wilderness. The parks we... Like, the places we go here where we go to the woods... Yeah. Within a mile, any direction, you're going to find a road. Right. This is not like that. Yeah. You can walk a mile, two miles, three miles in any direction. You're not going to find anything except more woods. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to get lost. And especially, like I said, the overhead is so thick. You can't really see out of the forest. You're in the forest. So they, they speculate that a lot of people that went in there just to go camp because that's it is ultimately just a forest where you can go explore the woodlands and go camping and do all that stuff. But it seems like sometimes people don't leave. You wouldn't do it knowing the history of that. I would wood. go there camping with John in a heartbeat. Well, because you, you guys well, are fucking nuts. <laughs> that, that's because we know what it is and we would want to explore it. I think people in Japan know the place so well now that they're not just going to be like having a family picnic in the <laughs> right, suicide forest, right, right. you know. So I think the majority of people, I would imagine at least, probably go in and say, "I'm going to spend a couple of days here." And really see how I feel. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about this being my last few days, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. That happens from accounts. They have pulled people out of there alive, too. So, I mean, it's... it's yeah. good to know. There are people that contemplate it and don't do it, and then there's people that do. And I've seen photos of those strings, and you think yes. that if somebody came back out, would they have taken their string with them? And does that mean that at the end of every string you see... There's a dead body. There's a, you know. Or more. It's, yeah. yeah. Something it's, it's, else at the end of this thing. It's weird to think of like what horrors are within that. And if you think about, like we said before, you know, what are the places most thought of to be haunted? Mm-hmm. Like with this would be way up at the top of the list. These are not just people who had an accident. These were people in, you know, depressed misery who went there to, to end things. Yeah, it's and those make for very gruesome and generally mean spirits. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I said, they stopped tracking the data back in 20, 2003. 
as far as the suicide goes. So nuts. we don't know how no. many people since then have died there. It's been like a decade. But it kind of, ha- two decades. Yes, two decades. You're right. Good Lord. <laughs> but it's, um, it, it, it's, it's, it has become kind of a dark tourist kind of place to go. There are people there that go there just to do that. But again, I wouldn't want to go to find a dead body. I would want to go to experience the woods itself. The woods itself. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. There you go. It's got to be hard to explore a place like that, though, knowing the history, even a little bit of it, and not like as soon as you get out of the car, Dr- not not feel the. Oh, sadness. I'm sure I'd be I'd be nervous Dread. as hell. Yeah, but I still kind of want to do it. And I think if if I remember right, uh, Mount Fuji, way before any of this, was still considered to be like a sacred mountain. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of history in a place like that, more than we might think of. In the U.S., not that we don't have ancient history as well, but definitely uh, not as old. We don't hold on to it quite as directly as people in Europe or Japan right. or some of these other places where um, they they feel more closely connected to that ancient history. Where most of us, you know, came over just a couple hundred years ago. Right. Yeah. The, the ancestry is much more pronounced and and easily touched than it is here. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, no matter what problems you're dealing with, whether or not you're thinking about suicide or if you know of someone that you love is having a hard time and has brought up suicide, please don't hesitate to call the suicide hotline here in America. All you have to do is dial 988. It works just like 911. And there will be somebody on the other end to talk to you. The call is confidential and free. So please, with that being said, there is no reason to end your life. So please reach out to someone that can help you. Or if you think somebody else needs that help, try and push them that way or do what you can to help. Even sometimes just listen. That's right. Yeah, there are people out there, even if you haven't met them yet, who want to help you. We all want to help. Even us. Reach out to us. Send us an email. Send us an email. We will love to help you out. So, Nick, yes, Ricky, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're picking up where we left off before you got sick with the plague. Yeah. So actually, I should talk about it. We're going to talk about fairies. Yes. And just as we talked about at the beginning of the show and how messed up they are. But there's going to be a bunch of different things that we're going to talk about, different fairies and a really crazy fairy story of the last witch burnt in Ireland. The last witch burnt in Ireland. Yes. So when we cover fairies, are we talking about like goblins and pixies and stealing babies and all yes, kinds we of fun are. Stuff? Yes. We sure are. So please tune in next week because it gets a little wild. Yes. How can they reach us, Nick? They can find us on Being Dead Serious on Facebook, Instagram, Gmail, and TikTok. TikTok, <laughs> and Be Dead Serious on Twitter for now. And always we will have pictures that coincide with the story that we talked to or talked about today, which sounds like they're going to be some pretty good ones. There are. We'll get some cool pictures for sure. Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us. John, thanks again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And thank you, everyone who's listening. I hope that you join us again. Well, he'll be here around Christmas time. Yes, he will be here around Christmas time. I plan to. I've got a few other things I would love to talk about. Oh, can't wait. Thanks again for joining us and spending your time with us. But more importantly, make sure you stay strange.